This is Jeff Cross, and welcome to the February 15th, 2023 edition of Views on the News from the Couch, a baby boomer's attempt to pass along his views on the news. Quick hitters, happy Valentine's Day, though it was yesterday. I'm not sure, but I think St. Valentine was beheaded around 269 AD. In addition to this love stuff, he was also the patron saint of epilepsy and beekeepers. According to the linked article, historically, the percent of folks who identify as gay has ranged from 6 to 10%. Among millennials, per a recent survey, 30% identified as LGBTQ. Amongst the 18 to 24 age group, the percentage was 39%. Is that because of nature, born that way, nurture, raised that way, or is it because now you get bonus points to be LGBTQ? Maybe that's part of nurture. What is Putin's endgame? Maybe waiting on the West to get tired of supplying arms and money to Ukraine. Stories are out that Ukraine is shooting more ammo than the West can make. I don't think the issue is Ukraine is shooting too much. Rather, we don't have the capacity to make much. It is tough to get accurate numbers for Russian casualties in Ukraine. A number of folks who might know say Russia has had over 100,000 soldiers killed. For perspective, that puts Russia at almost one-third of U.S. military deaths in all of World War II. Fox News has an article out that a teacher was fired for not keeping gender transitions a secret from the parents or her students. When I first read that, I thought she was going out of her way to notify parents. The article quotes an assistant superintendent of HR as writing in what I think was a termination letter, quote, based on your religious beliefs, you cannot be dishonest with parents. If asked about a student's gender identity by a parent, you cannot refer the parent to a counselor, defer the inquiry, and suggest they speak with a student or otherwise deflect the parent's inquiry. Sounds like she had to lie to parents when asked questions to keep her job. Are you okay with that? A peer-reviewed study says a cheap epilepsy drug can switch off autism. I think the study was done on mice. But still, good news. Moving on. I linked to an article by Jeff Grabmeyer titled, When Europeans Were Slaves. Research suggests white slavery was much more common than previously believed. Quoting him, a new study suggests that a million or more European Christians were enslaved by Muslims in North Africa between 1530 and 1780, a far greater number than had ever been estimated before, end quote. He estimates, quote, between 1 million and 1.25 million European Christians were captured and forced to work in North Africa from the 16th to 18th centuries, end quote. Statista has the link piece by Catherine Katerina Bukholz, titled The Countries Most Active in the Transatlantic Slave Trade. Portugal at almost 4 million. The UK at just over 3 million. France was at 1.3 million, followed by the Netherlands at 0.6 million, Spain at 0.6 million, and the United States at under 0.4 million. Why did Portugal lead the list? Well, they sent 3.2 million slaves to what is now Brazil. One article said 40% of all slaves sent to Americas went to Brazil, and that one reason was because the death rate was so high. Even more went to the Caribbean countries, and I assume that death rate uh, was high as well there. From looking through the internet, my sense is that about 5% of black slaves 
taken to the New York, New World, uh, came to the United States, either directly or indirectly. I started to say illegally and immorally taken to the New World, but realized it wasn't illegal. Speaking of Brazil, the country abolished slavery in 1888, though by then a majority of blacks and mulattoes were free. Wikipedia's first line in a piece on slavery in Brazil says, quote, Slavery in Brazil began long, at, long before the first Portuguese settlement was established in 1516, with members of one tribe enslaving captured members of another, end quote. I tossed out some facts, did I not? Maybe call them factoids. Slavery pre-existed Europeans in the New World. White slavery was practiced in other parts of the world, including Northern Africa. Many nationalities participated in the slave trade. 5% of transatlantic slaves came to the U.S. Brazil imparted, imported far more slaves than the U.S. and did not make slavery illegal until almost 1890. No, that does not absolve the United States of guilt. What I left out, maybe for another day, is that by some definitions we have 46 million slaves today. Or at least people who are, quote, forcibly exploited, end quote, per the linked article. The article uses India as an example where they say children are born owing on the debt of ancestors and must work to pay off that debt. For the haters, I hope there was nothing in the preceding that might be mistakenly as interpreted as pro-slavery. Slavery is an awful thing that continues to this day, and the U.S. should have shame for its past. But the U.S. does not own this problem. We share it. And whites do not own this problem. We share it. There was a lot of slavery by a lot of folks. Perspective. And we should stop the slavery that's going on now. A linked article implies we, the United States, launched so many balloons to look at Russia back in the 50s and 60s that the Russians designed planes specific to shooting them down. We have now shot down four objects. The first was called a balloon. I assume the next three were, but who knows. I am worried some schmuck went ballooning and will enjoy the presence of a F-18 and related missile. The fact that we seem to have been missing these balloons for a few years worries me. Planes could have hit them. Now I'm reading there are hundreds or even thousands of balloons floating around. Some may be escape balloons from used car lots. Do masks matter? If you have been listening, then you know I think they do not. Or if they do, I feel that it is incompetence on the part of the CDC, the NIH, and a few other letters that they never came up with the proof. I link to a fancy-looking research piece that is being wildly quoted with the title Physical Interventions to Interrupt or Reduce the Spread of Respiratory Viruses. It's got about 12 authors. The objective is, I quote, to assess the effectiveness of physical interventions to interrupt or reduce the spread of acute respiratory viruses, end quote. They did not do original research, or at least what I would call original research. Rather, they reviewed a number of studies, including randomized controlled trials, RCTs, and cluster RCTs. And this was an update from an earlier study. What did they find? One, quote, wearing masks in the community probably makes little or no difference to the outcome of influenza-like illness, uh, COVID-19, 
like illness compared to not wearing masks, end quote. Two, same thing for laboratory confirmed to influenza SARS-CoV-2 compared to not wearing masks. Here's a surprise, number three. Quote, the use of an N95 P2 respirators compared to medical surgical masks probably makes little or no difference for the objective and more precise outcome of laboratory confirmed influenza infection, end quote. Four, good hand hygiene might help and they estimated that it reduced spread by about 14%. Five, quote, there were additional RCTs during the pandemic related to physical in interventions but a relative paucity, given the importance of the question of masking and its relative effectiveness in the concomitant measures of mask adherence, which would be highly relevant to the measurement of effectiveness, especially in the elderly and in young children, end quote. Yeah, let's dwell on that last one. A paucity of additional RCTs when there was not good da data saying masks work. We don't know that masks work, but let's act like we are sure. That is my government and where you end up when you blindly follow bureaucratic scientists saying follow the science. Thanks for listening to Views on the News from the Couch. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends. If you did not like it, please share with the rest of the folks you know.